Shalom to all! Today's daf is Erev and Daf Zayin. However, we're starting Chaf Avon at the bottom with a brand new parak. Today's daf is sponsored as a heartfelt Akar Satayv and thank you to Hashem, the Roifei Kolbasar, for granting a truly miraculous recovery to Menachem and Shira Devora. Now this Mishnah parak is going to be focusing on Erev Tchumen. We already know that a person is limited to traveling 2,000 Amas on Shabbos. If he's in a city, that 2,000 Amas is measured from the outskirts of the city, and if he's in the middle of a field, it's measured from where he actually is. Now let's say this fellow, whom we're going to call Shimon, our last guy was Ruvain, wants to walk more than 2,000 Amas for whatever reason. He can extend his tchum. How so? The tchum is measured from where the person's makam shvisa, place of resting or dwelling is. His makam shvisa is determined by where his official place of residence is when Shabbos starts. So, if he's able to redefine his makam shvisa, then his erv would be measured from that new place. And there's two ways to accomplish this. He can actually go to that new place. For example, let's say Shimon lives in a house in the middle of nowhere. Before Shabbos, he can walk 2,000 amas away from his house, wait for Shabbos to start, and then walk back to his house. That exact place where he was is considered his makam shvisa, and now he may walk an additional 2,000 amas past that point. However, there is another way. He can place food in that area. Since this food would be considered his meal, then it would be also his makam shvisa, because you don't live in a different place than your food. And then once again, he'd be able to walk 2,000 amas from his house to where the food is, and then another 2,000 amas past that. With this option, he does not have to be the one to place his Erev in that spot. Someone else could do it for him. However, it is important to note that a person is only allowed 2,000 amas in every direction, which means that from one end to the other end of the entire area permissible for him, his tchum, is 4,000 amas. Kind of like a clock. Your makam shvisa is in the middle, and the distance to each number is 2,000 amas, which means that from the 12 hand to the 6 hand, or from the 3 o'clock to the 9 o'clock, is a total of 4,000 amas. And what we just learned about your makam shvisa didn't change that at all. It just shifted where the nucleus is. So if before he tweaked his makam shvisa, he was able to travel 2,000 amas in every direction from his house, which is, for now, the middle of the clock, now that he established his makam shvisa somewhere else, let's say at the 12 o'clock hand, he may not walk even one ama out of his house in any other direction unless he's walking back to his official makam shvisa, because now his house is situated at the end of his makam shvisa and not the middle. Now this Mishnah is going to be focusing on some of the particulars of the food that's allowed to be used for his Erev and how exactly his Erev is set up. And the Mishnah says, Mechom Arvin Mishtatvin, a person allowed to make his Erev or Shitu Femuvais with any sort of food, except for water and salt, because water and salt don't have the properties of mazain, they're not satiating. And the mission continues, everything is allowed to be bought with kesef of meiser sheni, except for water and salt. We know that a person has to take off meiser sheni and eat it in Yerushalayim. However, if he has too much produce or if it's going to spoil, then he may transfer the kedusha of his produce to money. And once in Yerushalayim, then the food he purchases with that money gets the kedusha of the original meiser sheni. However, he's not allowed to buy water and salt because, again, that's not considered mazain. And the mission continues, someone who promised that he's not not going to have any sort of food, he's allowed to have salt and water. And now the mission continues, we're allowed to make an Erev for a Nazar, even though that Erev has wine in it, even though the Nazar is not able to have wine, but someone else is able to have wine, so it's considered valid Mazayin. Well, Yisrael, but Chuma, the mission continues, we're also allowed to make an Erev for Yisrael if it's with Chuma, even though he can't eat the Chuma, a Kayan could. However, Sumchas or Sumchas argues, and he says, and it has to be made with Chulan. And now we're going to be talking about where are you allowed to place this Erev. The mission says, you're allowed to place the Erev of a kayan in a base pras. This is an area that had a kever in it, but then it was plowed over, and we're afraid that some of the bones of the kever were scattered all over this field. So therefore, Midra Banan, a 
Ethan is not allowed to go into this field. An Erev, however, is allowed to be placed there for him, but this seems problematic because he has to be able to access his Erev. And not only that, the mission continues. Rabbi Yehuda Aymer, he says, Afilu ben Kvaris, you're even allowed to place the Erev of a Kain in between two different Kvaris. And the mission concludes at the top of Chav Zayin Aleph, he's able to make partitions and go and eat it. He can place himself inside of a box. That's going to be considered his own little mini Ayhel, and therefore he's allowed to be carried by his friends over the actual kever, and he would still be able to access his Erev that way, since he's not actually being mahil over this kever because he's in his own little box. And we're going to explore this at greater depth in the Gemara as we come to it. And now the Gemara says, let's focus on this because this could be a little confusing. We're not let to learn anything from a general rule that's stated. What does this mean? Many times in a Mishnah or in a Brisa, it's going to say, this is the rule. And you're going to be inclined to want to learn some sort of other halacha from that because this klal, this rule, seems very clear. Here we have a rule. Let's try to extrapolate some sort of other halacha from that. However, Rebbe is saying, don't do that. Why not? Because there's definitely some sort of exclusion that was left out of this rule that the Mishnah or Brisa did not tell us and therefore this halacha that you would like to learn out of the klal is not really relevant. And Rabbi Yechanan continues with the second part of his statement, even if this klal says, klal, Da, 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 fill in the blank, chutz, except for, so you might think to yourself, oh, since this is already telling me all the exclusions of the rule, I'm allowed to learn the halacha I would like to. Nonetheless, Rabbi Yechanan tells us not to do that because there was some sort of exclusion that was left out, which means that I would not be able to learn my halacha out of it. And now the Gemara says, since Rabbi Yechanan had said, in the second part of his statement, even in a place where it says chutz, except for, that implies the lav that he's not going on our Mishnah. Because since it was the second part of his statement, that kind of implies that he kind of mentioned it as an afterthought but it wasn't the main focus of his statement. And our Mishnah has the word chutz in it. So the Gemara says, hey, on what did Rabbi Yechanan say his memra? He was going on over there. Any mitzvah say that is time bound, meaning a person has a specific time frame that he has to fulfill this in. Men are chayavin and women are not. However, it's not time bound. Both men and women are equally chayavin it. And the Gemara says, is this really a set rule? We know the mitzvah of eating matzah on Pesach, Simcha, which is talking about Simcha's Yantif, and Hakel, which is once every seven years, all the Jews have to gather together to hear the king read from the Sefer Torah. The mitzvah who those are time bound mitzvahs, and they're chayv in it. And the Gemara continues, any non time bound mitzvah, they are going to be chayv in it. We know learning Torah. Being fruitful and multiplying, meaning having children and redeeming a firstborn son, the Mitzvah says Shalayas Mangrama that has no set time to it. Vinashim Peturis and their potter in that. So Ella Amar Biyechanan. So on that, Biyechanan said his memra. You are not allowed to learn any halacha whenever we have a klal because there's definitely something that was left out of that klal as we just saw. Even when it says chot. And Amr Abayi, Timur Vimriya, Afananim Tanina, we also learned a similar idea in the following Mishnah. There was another klal that was stated, anything which was on top of the zav, the zav wasn't touching it. This is a certain type of tumah called El Yone Shal Zav, which is unique only to zav and not to anything else. This is not to be confused with masa or tumah's hesed, which we're going to discuss all these different tomas at a different time. However, this is just called Nisa Shal Zav for our intents and purposes. Tame, it's going to be Tame V'chol Shal Zav Nisei Olav. However, if the Zav is on top of this thing, again, but he's not touching it, Tahar, so it's going to be Tahar. Chutz, except for this cloud continues, Min HaRoy L'Mishkav Moshev, something which is fit for Mishkav, which is sitting on, or Moshev, which is leaning or reclining on, Adam and a person. And the Gemara says, V'suleka, are there no other exclusions to this rule? V'ika Merkav, there's also a type of Tome of Merkav, which is if the Zav is riding on something, even though he's not touching 
touching it, he's going to be metame it. So you see very clearly that even though there was a very clear exclusion in this rule, there was another thing that was excluded that we didn't mention. And the Gemara says, hold on one second. Merkav hechidami. What does it mean that you're riding on something? Either Yasvale, if he's actually sitting on it, Hainu Maishav. That's the same thing as Maishav. So the Gemara says, no, I'm not Hachikamini. This is what we're talking about. Ho'eko Gaba de Ukva. We're talking about the top of the saddle. Titan, you have a bride. So Ho'okav Tami Maishav. The saddle itself is going to be Tami Maishav because he's sitting on the saddle. But Tophis and the holder, Tami Merkav, is going to be Tami Merkav. What's this holder? If anyone's been horseback riding, you know that you sit on the saddle. And then right in front of you is that little knob that you can hold on to. So at least in the times of the Gemara and Mishnah, it wasn't necessarily attached to the saddle. So therefore, even though you're not really sitting on it, it's still considered Thomas Merkav. So we see that here's an exclusion to the Klal that wasn't mentioned among the other exclusions. El Shmami not continues the Gemara, you're not allowed to learn from a Klal, even though it already lists some sort of exclusion, there's probably going to be another exclusion. And Amar Avina, Avina says, we also have this in our Mishnah, you're allowed to make an Erev or Shitufe Muvais with anything, except for water and salt. The Suleka, and there's nothing else that's excluded from Erev, there's different types of mushrooms that are not allowed to be used for an Erev because they're not necessarily considered Mazain. So the Gemara concludes, El Shmamina, you're not allowed to learn any sort of halacha from a general rule that's stated, even though it already tells you some sort of exclusion along with that rule because there's going to be some sort of other exclusion that was excluded from those exclusions. Therefore, the kalal is... No learning from a klal. And the Gemara continues explaining the Mishnah, Kol Nikach of Meiser. And the Gemara says, Rabbi Yezer, Rabbi Yezer, Rabbi Chanino, Chad Masnia Erev, one taught the following Memra on Erev, Chad Masnia Meiser, and one taught the following Memra on Meiser Shani, Chad Masnia Erev, he taught it on Erev. Laishno, we only taught this in the Mishnah, Elamayim, Bifneatzmai, Melch, Bifneatzmai, the Ein Ma'arvin, that you're not allowed to make an Erev with water separately and salt separately. Avobamayim, Umelch, but with water and salt, meaning salt water, Ma'arvin, you are allowed to make an Erev with salt water because that's considered a regular dish. A person will dip his bread into salt water. One taught this on Meiser. You're only not allowed to purchase water and salt separately with money of Meiser Shani. You are allowed to purchase salt water with money of Meiser Shani. And the Gemara says, If you teach this on Meiser, call Shekaner Erev. So for sure you're allowed to use it for an Erev because Meiser is Da'iraisa and Mand Masnia Erev. However, if you taught this on Erev, he would not teach that you're allowed to purchase salt water with money of Meiser Shani. My time, why not? Because we need something that fits under the category of of Paris, which generally means produce. However, it has to fit under this category, which we're going to learn later what fits under this category. And definitely, salt water does not fit under the category of Paris. And now the Gemara says, Kasser Yitzchak, when he came from Eretz Yisrael, Masni on Meiser, he taught it on Meiser. And now the Gemara says, Meiser, we're going to ask on that, Hey, Rabbi Yehudim and Gadish from Nero Lezer, Rabbi Yehudim and Gadish give testimony in front of Rabbi Lezer, Shalbeis Abba, in my father's house, Hayulachan Sir Bekasef, Meiser, they would purchase fish brine with money of Meiser Shani. And Amrlai Lezer had told him, Shemalai Shemato, El perhaps this only was when there was actually fish innards mixed in with this seer. So what's the question over here? The Gemara says, Even Rabbi Hudim Gadish, he was being more makel, saying you're allowed to buy pure fish brine, like Amr, he only said that elevate seer, only with fish brine, to shumna de perihu, because that's considered the shuman, the fat, or something good that comes out of this pera, this produce, again with this general terminology. But for sure, salt water you're not allowed to purchase. So we have a question. We see clearly that you're not allowed to buy salt water with money of Meister Shani. So the Gemara answers, Amr of Yosef, 
This heter that you're allowed to buy salt water with money, Miser Shane, he's only talking that you also put oil in it, so therefore the oil allows us to purchase this salt water. So Amr Lai Bai told him, Tape claim, Yushim Shemin. So let's just say the reason why you're allowed to purchase it is because there's oil there and it has nothing to do with the salt water. So the Gemara says, You had given this money, Behavla, and that's why it's permitted. Now, Havla literally means swallowed up, but what we're talking about over here is that we're including the money of the water and the salt along with the oil. For example, let's say oil costs five shekel, water is two, and salt is one. So instead of paying for each of these items separately, you're paying eight shekels for the oil, and then the seller kind of throws in, he's mavlia, he includes the water and the salt along with the oil, but you're not actually paying for the water and the salt. The Gemara says, Bavlami Shari, is that really permitted? The Gemara says, In, yes, it is permitted. Vatanyu have a brice up, and Bagbag Gaimer, Bagbag teaches us the following Joshua. It says in the Pasuk in regards to what you're allowed to purchase with money of Maeser Shani. Babakar with cattle, Malamid, this teaches us, Shalak Khan Bakar, Al Gava Ere, not only you're allowed to purchase cattle that you're going to be eating with your money of Maeser Shani, you're also allowed to purchase it with its hide. Meaning, even though some of the money that you're spending on this cattle is going to be going towards the hide, and the hide is not going to be eaten, so therefore you technically should not be allowed to purchase it with money of Maeser Shani. Nonetheless, it's considered being purchased behavla, included in the price of the actual meat of the cow, is also the skin, which you're allowed to use for your own personal benefit, which is just chulen. So we see this concept of avla from this pasuk, and now we just continue with this Joshua from Bagbag Ubatzayin. It says also sheep. Malam gav gizasa. You're allowed to purchase the sheep along with its wool, and you're allowed to use that for your own personal use. Ubayayin. You're allowed to purchase wine. Malami the teaches us shalachin yainal gav kankano. You're allowed to purchase the wine with its barrel, and you're allowed to use the barrel for your personal use. Uvashechar, which either means old wine or beer. Malami the teaches us shalachin temed mishechmetz. You're allowed to purchase temed once it becomes fermented. Temed is some sort of drink made out of grape skins and the grape seeds. It's some sort of fermented drink, and you're allowed to purchase that with money of Maeser Shani. But now Rabbi Yechanan is going to take issue with this. Whoever can darshan the Pasuk of Babakar, the way Ben Bagbag did, I'm going to bring his clothing after him to the bathhouse because he has demonstrated his superior knowledge that he was able to darshan this Pasuk the way Ben Bagbag did. Now what Rabbi Yechanan is trying to say is that he doesn't agree with Ben Bagbag's drasha, therefore he wants someone else to darshan it for him like Ben Bagbag. And now the Gemara explains, my timer, why? Why does he not like Ben Bagbag's drasha? We say because Kulud Srihi Levarmi Bakar. Everything Ben Bagbag said is a good drasha except for the first drasha of Babakar. We don't need the word Babakar in the Pasuk. And Rabbi Yechanan continues explaining, My Trichi, what do we need all these Pesukim for? What do we need all these different words for? We're going to start from the top, go to the bottom, and then work our way up backwards, and we're going to see this in the Gemara. Dikas Rachman Babakar, if the Torah only wrote Babakar that you're allowed to purchase cattle, half of me and I would think, Babakar, who the reason why I'm allowed to purchase a cattle with its hide, I'm allowed to use the hide for my personal use, even though I purchased it with money, Maestro Shani, Mishum de Gufehu, that's because the hide is part and parcel of the cow. You can't purchase a live cow without its hide. But if you want to purchase a sheep with its wool, that's not part of it. You could technically shear it before you purchase it. Amalai, I might say that you are not allowed to use money of Maestro Shani to purchase a sheep with its wool on it. And because Rahmana Batsain, Agav Gizasan, if the Tai wrote Batsain, then I would know that I'm allowed to purchase it with its wool. Half Amina, I would think Mishim de Mukhabarba, that's just because it's connected to it. Avoyain, but wine, Agav Kankanai, along with its barrel, Amalai, I might say that I am not allowed to purchase it with its barrel because the barrel is not part of the wine. I should technically have to pour the wine out of the barrel if I want to use money of Maestro Shani for. Because Rahmana Bayayan, and if the Tai wrote wine, Hava Amina, I would think Mishim de Hainan you say it's properly preserved inside its barrel, and that's why you're allowed to purchase it with the barrel. But this drink, once it became fermented, it's just the sharpness of the fruit. You're not even purchasing the fruit itself. You're just getting flavoring from the skins and the seeds. I might say that you're not allowed to spend money of my Shani on this drink. So therefore, that's why it said Shekhar. And now we're going to work our way backwards, because many times in a Pasuk, when we have one Joshua following another, the Gemara will say, wait, so why don't we just have the last Joshua, and then we'll learn everything from that. And the Gemara is going to demonstrate why we cannot do that. Because 
Shecher. If the Torah only wrote by Shecher, Havamina Amit think my Shecher. What are we talking about when we say Shecher? Dvela Keilis. We're talking about a fig cake made out of Keilis figs, and that's why it's permitted to pay Rahu, because that's actual fruit, and that's not some sort of thing that comes from fruit. But wine along with its barrel, I might say that you're not allowed to purchase it. And because Rahmanayanakanai, if the Torah also wrote wine with its barrel, I might think I'm allowed to do that to Hanini Turuse because that's where it's preserved. I will turn but I might think that I'm not allowed to purchase sheep with its wool. Therefore, that's why the Torah also wrote sheep, the Afilogav Gizasa, I'm also allowed to purchase it with its wool. And we know from here that if you're allowed to purchase it with its wool, that means you're allowed to benefit from the wool, that means you're for sure allowed to benefit from the hide, because the hide is more closely connected to the sheep than the actual wool is. So the Gemara says, Babakar Lamali, so then what would I need the Pasuk of Babakar for? It's extraneous. And now Rabbi Yechon continues, if you're going to suggest, if the Torah did not write Babakar, I would think, you're only allowed to benefit from the hide of the sheep and not the wool of the sheep, and that's why the Torah wrote Babakar, in order to say that you're also allowed to benefit from the hide, and therefore, so therefore, Tzayn is extra in order to teach us you're also allowed to benefit from the wool. And Rabbi Yechon says right away that that's not true, because if the Torah did not write Bakar, I still never would have thought that what do I learn from Tzayn that you're only allowed to benefit from the hide and not from the wool. Why? The in Cain, if all the Torah was trying to teach us is that you're allowed to benefit from hide and not from wool, the Torah should have just written Bakar, which is something that doesn't have wool, so that the word Tzayn would be extra in the Pasuk. And from the fact the Pasuk didn't write that shows it's not true. The Kivan the Kazrachman since the Torah did write Tzayn, obviously that's teaching us that you're also allowed to benefit from the wool. So Babakar Lamali, what do I need that word for? Because Hashta Tzayn al Gavgizasim is Davna. If you're allowed to purchase sheep with its wool, so Bakar al Gavayim Baya, cattle with its hide, of course you're allowed to purchase it. Because if you're allowed to benefit from the wool of the sheep, you're for sure allowed to benefit from the hide, which means you're allowed to benefit from the hide of any animal. And the Gemara concludes, Hainu to Kamar that's exactly what Rabbi Yechon was saying. Mandim Atakim Liba Bakar, I'll leave them in Bakbag. Whoever can darshan the Pasuk about Bakar, the way that Ben Bakbag did, my villain money the Masusa, I'm going to carry his clothing after him to the bathhouse because Ben Bagbag's Joshua is really not so clear. And now before we continue, let's just jog our memory. On Abed Aleph, Rabbi Huda ben Gaddish and Rabbi Lezer argued if one is allowed to purchase fish brine with money of Maestro Shani, or if this fish brine has to have some fish innards mixed into it. These Tanoim both agree, though, that some sort of fish is allowed to be purchased. There is another Brisa that we're going to see in the Gemara right now that tells us that no fish of any sort is allowed to be purchased with money of Maestro Shani. And the Gemara is now going to discuss the different ways of darshaning a Pasuk these two groups use. And the Gemara says, what do Rabbi Huda Megadish Rabbi Lazar, who's one camp, and the following Tanaim argue about? Rabbi Huda Megadish Rabbi Lazar, Darshi Ribuya Miyute, they Darshan Apostolic with a Ribuya Namiyut, Bahani Tanai, and the following Tanaim, Darshi Klalu Prati, they Darshan with a Klal Naprat. Now, since Klalu Prat and Ribuya Miyut are found all across Shas, it's important to understand what exactly these are doing. Klalu Prat is very similar to Ribuya Miyut, however, Ribuya Miyut is a little bit more broad than Klalu Prat. A Klal is a generalization. This technically includes everything. The Prat explains what the Klal was referring to, and therefore limits the Klal to only what the Prat is and nothing else. And then, when another Klal is mentioned, that broadens it a bit to include anything similar to the Prat. Ribu Miyut is similar, but as we said, a little bit more broad. The Riboy is all-inclusive, similar to a Klal. Now, the Miyut limits the Riboy to include anything similar to it. So now, when there's another Riboy, we have Riboy Miyut the Riboy, that's going to expand the first Riboy to include things even that aren't similar 
to the miyot. And now we're going to see something more right now. Rabbi Yehudim Gadish, Rabbi Lazar, Darshi Ribuye Miyute, they darshin with a Ribuye Miyot. It says in the Pasuk regarding what you can purchase with money, Maestro Shani, you can give the money for anything your soul desires. Ribo, that is a Ribuye, that's all inclusive. That implies you can purchase anything you want. Babakar Batsoin Vayan Vashechar says you're allowed to purchase cattle, sheep, wine, and beer, or old wine. Miyot, that is a limitation. That tells us we're only allowed to purchase these things or things that are similar to it. And then the Pasuk says, Anything your soul asks for, chaz v'riba. That's another inclusion. Ribo miyot v'riba. When we have this progression, riba hakol. That includes everything. My Rabbi, so what are we including? Rabbi, call Mili. That includes you can purchase anything you want with money of Master Shani. But it has to be that there's some sort of miyot because we have a miyot in the middle. So my miyot, what are we excluding? So the realizer, a quantrabilizer, miyot tzir. We're excluding that you're not allowed to purchase fish brine. You have to have a little bit of fish innards mixed in with the brine. And the Rabbi Yehudim Gadish, miyot maimumelach, he says that we're excluding you're not allowed to purchase water and salt. However, you are allowed to purchase anything else. So we see that Rebbe miyot is very inclusive. We're allowed to purchase anything that's similar to what's written in the miyot. However, Bahani Tanai, these upcoming Tanaim, Darshi Kalai Prati, they're going to dash with a Kalai Prati, which is a little bit more limiting. Titania, we have a Brisa. It says, You're allowed to use the money for anything your soul desires. Klal, that's a generalization. These things, Prat, that's a very specific. And as we said, you're only allowed to purchase those things and not even things that are similar to it. But then the Pasuk says, Anything your soul is going to ask for. And now we have another Klal. So we have the progression of Klalu Pratu Klal. This second klal is including anything which is similar to the prat. Just like the prat is very clear, it tells you it has to be a pre from a pre, meaning this thing reproduced into something else, and it has to be something that gets its nourishment or sustenance from the ground. So now we're also including anything that fits this generalization of primi pre vigdulai karka. We have another brisa that has a slightly different way of understanding this klal pratu klal. Just like the Prat is very specific by telling you it has to be something that actually comes from the ground. I've called Vlad, Vlad is arts, anything else that comes from the ground, even though it wasn't mentioned in the Pasuk, that's going to be included in it. And now we have these two Bryces that we just mentioned with different ways of understanding the Klal Pratu Klal. And now we're going to have to understand which one of these Bryces is in argument with Rabbi Yehudim and Gadish and Rabbi Lezer. So the Gemara says, My Benayu, what's the difference between these two Bryces? Amr Abayah, Abayah says, Dagimiki Benayu, the difference is fish. According to the one that understands the Klal Pratu Klal to teach us that you're allowed to purchase anything that's primi pre and gedulei karka, so hani dagim gedulei karka nenu. Fish are gedulei karka, they get their sustenance from the ground, and therefore that would not be an argument with Rabbi Yehudim and Gadish and Rabbi Yezer. But Mandamar Vlad Vladis Haaretz, according to that Mandamar, that has to be that something that comes from the ground, dagimimai ivru. Fish were created from the water, and therefore that would be the brisa that's an argument with Rabbi Yehudim and Gadish and Rabbi Yezer. And we're going to stop the Gemara over here for the day. However, we're going to pick up right in the middle of this sugya, trying to understand how these Tanayim are darshaning this Pasuk, but for now, everyone should have a wonderful day.